0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR. And so this week, a very special guest. I would say this has actually been probably months in the making, but I'm joined by Pizza Hut president David Graves. So, David, first of all, thank you for joining us. Um, You know, I'm not sure people will be able to see this, but if they could, you are decked out in Pizza Hut gear in a Pizza Hut restaurant with a Pizza Hut on the TV behind you. So...
1: (laughs) Hey, Danny. It's great to be here. It's good to see you again. Uh, I think you're over. I think you're overselling the the logo, but uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely supporting the Pizza Hut. Where um, proud to be a part of Pizza Hut and to and to work on this brand. So it's, it's a it's a love, cherished brand, especially here in the U.S., but also globally. And um, it, it's really a privilege to get to work on it and talk with you about it today.
0: Yeah, well, I think the logo, you know, I, I know it was kind of redesigned a few years ago, you know, to kind of go back to having that red roof looking nostalgic nature to it is, I mean, there, it is so recognizable in terms of, I don't know that there is a consumer of any demographic across this entire country who wouldn't know what that is. Um And that's a unique think- and pretty cool place to be in. Absolutely.
1: So, you know, we do a lot of work on. I I mean, it's what I'm a marketer by trade. It's like you work on this brand, you have all these iconic assets that you get get to work with, which is really fun. So, it's a bit of a a marketer's dream, Um, you know, and that was my background. But the Red Roof is one of those. And um, when you talk with customers or just some of the research that we've seen, you know, it's in the top one or two most recognizable architectural um things in the US and then the logo obviously it, when you see the red roof you immediately know you're looking at pizza hut
0: yeah that's that's an amazing stat by the way <laughs> but 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 I but I totally believe it um I think everyone recognizes those buildings when they see them but you'll kind of go back here you know you and I talked I think it was a oh, man might have been ahead of uh 2021 you know where pizza hut was our transformational brand of the year yeah and You know, that really began, you know, with a trip back to the uh, original headquarters for for you all on kind of the management side. And I think that's a really interesting story if maybe you want to tell people, you know, when you when you kind of went to say, okay, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to lean into? You know, and then you went back to the very start of it. So.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, anytime you get the privilege to work on a brand that's been so wildly successful over time. Right. The question you have to ask is, Hey, what makes this brand so special? Right. When, when it was at its best, what, what made it so special? And so, um, and we're really lucky in Pizza Hut to be able to work with franchisees that were there when the brand started We have a founder, you know, that the Carney brothers who founded the brand, we can still sit and talk with them in Wichita. And so to me, it was obvious, like we need to go back to where the brand started. And so I I got onto the brand and basically late right before 2020. And so early in January of 2020 um, we went to meet with some franchisees in Wichita and I spent some time with them. We visited the very first pizza hut, which is now a museum off the campus of uh, Wichita state um, spent time talking with franchisees who were at the opening night of the first restaurant or the first Pizza Hut, right? And they, they talked about some stories there. But and, and, and the purpose of that was really just listening. And actually, the next three months, I, I didn't know we were going to have a pandemic and all of that was coming in March, but I spent really a couple months just listening to franchisees, touring around the country, hearing, hearing the stories about Pizza Hut, and, and spent that original time in Wichita with some franchisees. You know what you pick up there is like there's just like an unmatched passion in this brand like people people want to win and they love this brand and at the core of it it's really clear about what makes it special right it's um it's a brand that was built on food really really craveable food that customers love it was the innovator right you think about all the innovations that came from pizza hut um, over the years the brand started as a thin and crispy pizza company but then created the pan pizza when delivery started to take off because, you know, pan pizza is going to hold heat. It's going to deliver better. And that became the iconic pizza from pizza hut, um, invented stuff, crust, uh, invented the Supreme pizza through the super Supreme. So it just has this legacy of being an innovator. Um, and then it had an amazing ser- service mindset. Like how do we just deliver the best experience for our customers? And, um, and, and it was a brand that people talked about. And, and so it, it's interesting now, Um, I, you know, I've, I'm multiple, I've been on the brand for almost four years now and, you know, 18 months in this president's role. And when I tell people what I do, (laughs) they're like, wait, wait, you, you do what? Like you were, you, you, you sell pizzas, you work at pizza hut. And it's like, inevitably they have just some amazing story to tell me about, Hey, let me tell you about my experience at pizza hut. You know, it's always about people and service in the food. Um, and so that, that was really the start of like, as we started to think about how do we. Modernize the brand and really reimagine it for the next sixty years. Um, let let's go back to the things that really made this brand special and focus there, and that and that came from just time talking with our franchisees and and spending time in the the Pizza Hut museum and and just hearing those stories. And you just see really consistent trends when you're willing to take that time and listen.
0: Yeah, and and I'm sure you'll agree. I mean, the challenge then becomes. You know how you take that and you go from timeless to legacy, you know, which I think is a good way to put it, <laughs> and and then also just to take kind of that nostalgia and evolve it to a modern, you know, consumer and yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think that's right. So the, the you've you've heard us talk about like I've I've worked on a few brands that have well, I would call like a heritage brand. They've been around for a long time. Um, the interesting thing I, when people ask me about nostalgia and how do you make sure that you keep a brand feeling really fresh if you're going to go back to the things that made it special in the past and I always talk to them about hey there's a lot of brands out there that have been around for a really long time you don't think about them as old yeah right um and and that's you think about them as like timeless loved brands right and and those exist in the restaurant space they exist in Apparel. I mean, they're, they're in technology. They're all across the board. Um, and and they're they're brands that innovate consistently. Right. So they know what makes their brand special. Like I talked about for us, the food innovation service um, really being talked about and being in culture. And but they innovate around that, and they do it in a really modern way. And I think that takes them from being a, a brand that's built on nostalgia to really being a brand that's timeless because they feel really modern and contemporary, but they stand for something really powerful. So, you know, early on, that's why you know when I when we were really thinking about what do you do first, um, it was all about we've got to create pizzas you can only get at Pizza Hut. We have to get really focused on. the iconic pizzas that only come from Pizza Hut and bring those innovations back to the forefront. Innovation is a big part of what we've done over the last four years to drive the results, uh, to drive the results that we've seen. But even beyond that, it's like anybody that I talk with and um, they tell me their story at a Pizza Hut, they're like, oh, and then I went and I... I played Pac-Man, and and they they have all these things that they did at the restaurant, and that's why I was like, okay, well, so video games and gaming and Pac-Man, those are all really important. Gaming is, like, more relevant today than ever. I mean, the number of people that are playing games is absolutely incredible. They just do it at home instead of in an arcade or in a restaurant. So it's like, let's do Pac-Man on a box through AR. Let's plug into the gaming community in a really relevant way. So there's... It's all about like taking those things and knowing what kind of your soul is as a brand and what makes you special, but then do it in a modern way. And to me, that's the difference between being nostalgic and frankly, creating a brand that's timeless and stands the test of time like Pizza has for the last 60 years and will for the next 60 years.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was I was talking to someone the other day. Um, they're just making this comment about how you know children don't go outside anymore. You know, and they're whatever. And I and I was like, well, you know, we always went outside. And I'm like, well, how long were you gonna play Pac Man for? <laughs> you know, did you see the video games we had? I mean, it's not. It's it, you know, if I had an Xbox, you know, one or whatever, when I was 12 years old, I might not have gone outside either. I think yeah, we all cut uh, them some slack sometimes.
1: Well, I have uh, I have two teenagers, and um, I think uh, you know we, we're we're enjoying being outside. It's a nice time here in Texas. But but I agree. Like when we were building this Pac Man um, game to do with AR, and someone was testing it. It's, I don't think they had played Pac Man before, and they're testing the game. They said. Every time, like I finish it, just gets faster and harder. And so it was like you couldn't really play through the game. It just eventually beats you, and it beats you in a matter of a few minutes. And so um, maybe the games have evolved a little bit, but you know, there's still you know the the chance to come and uh, share. That's what's great about pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, whenever you hear people talk about pizza and they tell their story about pizza, it's a social thing. People get around it, and um, and so it brings people together. Um, and so. Maybe we can draw everyone out of their their games and bring them together around a pizza at home, if, if not a pizza in a Pizza Hut.
0: Right. And, you know, I know this all kind of led to this brand DNA that you all came up with of pizza lovers pizza. And to me, you know, that definitely reflects everything that you mentioned. And then also the brand's ability to kind of democratize trends. You know, I remember we tried the Detroit style when you had come out with it there in the I think that was in 2020. Maybe it was 2021. I can't remember. But either way, you know, always the the brand's ability to kind of take a, you know, unique style or a new trend or an innovation and be first with it, but then also to be able to be that brand who lets people try it. Um, And so that moniker to me always was really good because I think it really signals a lot of different things you can build under, which, you know, as a marketer. I'm sure was the plan. <laughs> well, look, yeah. I mean, the, the, the idea of
1: Pizza Lovers Pizza, I think we probably talked about that back in late 2020. Um, it was one of the first things we did when when we got onto Pizza Hut is like, how do we build a North Star for this brand that everyone in the whole organization understands and it becomes a filter by which we make decisions. And so we talked a lot about this idea of this is what our brand was built on. So I talked about those earlier. And then, okay, the real summation of that, the very simple summation of that is the pizza lover's pizza. We exist to serve people who love pizza. And if, if something you're doing, uh, if a pizza lover wouldn't love what you're doing, um, maybe maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Like we should have a conversation about that. And it really was a way of saying the brand is built by a lot more things than just the advertising, right? It's built by the choices we make at the restaurant level, it's it's built by the uniforms it's built by the uh the development and the restaurants and the design choices we make it's built by our technology solutions and so having something that anybody in the whole organization no matter where you sit understands they understand what they're shooting for and they can filter their work through it helps us to really show up consistently across all touch points and that that's probably more challenging than ever because you just have all these different channels and the way people people access them um and then and then i think look innovation can come in a lot of different forms so we have absolutely democratized trends detroit style pizza being one of those but there's also a bit of like let's bring back the classics right that people want right let's like um, play the hits basically. So we're, you know, big New Yorker we brought back earlier this year. Um, that was our most requested pizza to bring back and had a big impact on the business. Right. And so we don't, we can create new things. We can democratize trends. We can bring back things that customers loved and give them a chance to enjoy them to get again. But it's really all about, um, knowing what the customer really wants and, and, and serving them craveable food, like great tasting food because we're a restaurant company and people want great tasting food. When we do that, right. And we do it in an interesting way. Um, I'm pretty optimistic on what we can do as a brand.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, this, uh, taco Tuesday weirdness that's been going on lately. I, I always wondered if I could, if I could patent or trademark, uh, New York pizza the amount of, because I've lived in a lot of cities in the South and every one that I've lived in has had a place called that. And, you know, it's usually doesn't quite live up to it, but um you know, it's, it's just interesting how that product, you know, just um, resonates on an etheral
1: level. If you want to try and trademark New York pizza, I'm sure I have some people you you can talk to. I'm not the I'm not the right. They probably right. laugh at me if I even said that to them because it's obviously a ridiculous concept. But but there but yeah, New York New York pizza is a great example. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, but but a lot of people don't really know what makes up a New York style pizza. And it wasn't that different. Uh, Detroit style was an interesting one when we launched Detroit style. Um, you know, one of the articles that came out is like, is there a Detroit style pizza? And it actually set off like a very interesting conversation about Detroit style pizza. And is that a thing? And it's absolutely a thing and it's delicious. Um, but a lot of people didn't know it. And what was, what's interesting is, um, you know, our, our our advantages, our scale. So like we, we push that idea out there. And if you just look at like the Google search and trends for Detroit style pizza, it really started a conversation and all the Detroit-style pizza places flourish, um, and it drives sales for us as well. And so that—that's what I mean by democratizing trends. It's like we have—we have a reach that we can talk about some of these things um, and bring them to everyone, um, and actually, it really opens new conversations. Whereas, you know, if you talk about Chicago-style deep dish or New York-style, probably people know that a little bit more. Detroit-style was a less known one.
0: So, um, for people who don't know, what what is Detroit-style pizza in the uh, words of Pizza Hut? What is Detroit style pizza? Yeah. How would you describe it?
1: Well, it is, uh, it is a pan pizza. It's, it's rectangular. It's got a Frico crust. So that's like cheese that is burned up on the crust. You get this crispy Frico crust. Um, that's just delicious and crispy cheese edges usually has its sauce on top. It's abundantly topped, mm-hmm. um, So it, it's a different experience, but um, it, it is a, uh, it's it's a great pizza if no one's tried it. You should definitely get out there and try it.
0: Yeah, so I want to kind of get into something you mentioned there about kind of how this cascades into a lot of different parts of the organization. It's, it's interesting that this all kind of happened, you know, in the thick of of COVID there at the beginning a little bit. And we talked about this back in the day. But the technology side, I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe pizza was the first contactless carryout brand in, in, out there, and now everybody does that. But you know, and then we talked about the hut lane, which we can get into, but, you know, how did all these things start to come together? Because, you know, it really seems like, you know, A, at the beginning, you know, they really worked for what was going on, but now they've really evolved to, you know, helping the brand be, you know, more connected and integrated than probably it ever was, you know, and you're seeing a lot of green shoots from that that have continued to just kind of build on each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I appreciate you bringing that up. The team has done great work to innovate and deliver quick wins in the technology space. Pizza Hut's always been an innovator and an innovator in the technology space. So, you know, first to take an order over the Internet. So actually, we're really early um, to embrace digital ordering, e-commerce, and we've been building that over time, you know. I think what's important with technology, and we still have a lot of opportunity where we can drive more upside by embracing technology. What's important is to know where you're going, right? Because and then, because then what that allows you to do is get quick wins along the way, and and that's frankly, I think what you've seen play through with the hut lane contactless. Uh, carry out. We always had a vision for like where we wanted to take fulfillment and how technology would enable that. We wanted a seamless digital experience that we could deliver you know, the best fulfillment experience through. We have a vision for how to do that. You know, Then you make some stops along the way to getting there. Now, obviously, we had a pandemic. Contactless carryout wasn't something that was on the roadmap, but, but you can pivot because you're doing the right work to meet the needs of the customer. Um, and so, you know, I, I think we have a lot of experience in our A lot of opportunity in our digital experience now, which is really to continue to elevate that seamless experience, um, both for the customer and the way that they order, but then also how we make it a really seamless experience in the back of house for our team members um, and and put them in a position uh, to really be successful and, and make it easier for them to run a restaurant because restaurants are harder to run than ever. Right. And that, and it's just like, there's so many different ways people order. There's so many different choices, um, but technology can really help with that. Right. And so, you know, one of the things we've, I think we've talked about in the past is, and we, I know we've talked about it um, in our, you know, different, different conversations and earnings releases is using Dragon Tail technology, which is production sequencing and um, smart kitchen technology in the back of house uh, just to help make decisions about what pizzas do you make when and take all the inputs that are around you in terms of where are your drivers, when are customers coming? So what pizzas do you make when, how do you sequence them and using uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence to make those decisions. Whereas imagine a manager 25 years ago was, Hey, any, somebody walks in, they order, I got to deliver this pizza or I serve it to them in the, in the, dining room. Today, I might have a third-party driver picking it up, it might be my own driver taking it for delivery. They might be coming for carryout. It might be a product that I'm making for carryout but it's being picked up by another driver. So it's just much more complex and there's a lot more decisions to be made. We can use technology to make that really simple for the team members in the back of house and and then it allows the team members in the restaurant to do what only they can uniquely do, which is deliver a great experience for the customer and serve the customer um so you know that's i think you're going to continue to see more and more innovation on the technology side from pizza hut but it will all be centered on how do we deliver great restaurant experiences that for our team members that power incredible guest experiences Um, and so for example with dragon tail um, and that production sequencing technology that we're using we see when we use that It allows us to deliver pizzas faster and customers get them hotter. So that sounds really simple. It's like, oh, hotter, faster. But those things really matter, right? And customers notice and that drives satisfaction. And we see that in our research. So technology is going to play a big role as we go forward. And we're going to have to continue to innovate there. And I, I tell a lot of folks that you know the pace of change that we're having today is the fastest we've ever seen, but it'll probably be the slowest we'll ever see. So it's like this pace of change is just going to keep picking up, right? And so um, the the burden is on us to continue to innovate, and we're going to have to to be able to, to reach our goals.
0: Yeah, what is that phrase of the pace of uh, change outside your organization can't be faster than inside? Is that the uh, corporate line? Right? That's yeah, it's like an old. I think yeah, maybe
1: we've <laughs> talked about that in the past. I like that line. It's a Jack Welch quote. Um, but, but it's true. It's like, we have to be able to innovate faster than the environment around us, or you're either taking ground or you're losing ground. Right. And, and so that's, you know, one of our goals is how do we move faster? How do we innovate faster? And how do we make sure that we're putting up wins along the way, which is the stuff I appreciate you mentioning earlier, like around hut lane and contactless carry out. And you're going to see new stuff coming on our app and, and just really starting to elevate that experience, um, because we have opportunities to continue to delight our customers and we've got to always be innovating in that space
0: yeah for anybody who has a dog contactless carryout is one of the great changes in restaurant history (laughs) so i'm getting nobody now i just creepily open the blinds and stare out to see when the guy walks away you know so (laughs) i'll have to have anybody ringing my doorbell i hope that never changes we would have found a way to talk about dogs on this podcast yeah well you know that's never a negative thing in my opinion how long, um, David? How long have you been in the restaurant industry for?
1: Yeah, so I joined the restaurant industry in 2016. So it goes fast. So almost eight years. It'll be eight years coming up uh, in January. So I mean, it's been you, a, it's been a great time. Do
0: you ever think back then you'd be talking about production sequencing and the uh, <laughs> no, you know, artificial like, intelligence? It's interesting because I started my career in consumer packaged goods.
1: And I didn't think I'd talk about a lot of those things either. So um, it, the thing is like, I love to learn. And so I feel really blessed to be working on a brand where we can do a lot of these things and we, and we can learn. Um, but when I came over to the restaurant industry, I had a lot of people say to me, Oh, it's so cool. You're going to go work in a, in, a, in a food industry. And I, I love food. I'm a, like, I love to cook as a, it's a kind of a personal hobby for me. And um, but know the thing that i realize is like and i tell people now it's like really a people industry right and and like this whole industry is powered by people and people who stay in this industry love uh, like working with people and so a lot of the things that we're talking about production sequencing or whatever they're all in service of like how do we make the experience great for guests and our team members and, and that's what makes learning on these things and deploying them really fun. Because when you do it, you make a real difference for people. And, uh, and, and they appreciate that. And so that makes it really fun to work in this restaurant industry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I, when I first got into this industry, the thing that resonated really quickly was how elemental it actually is. You know, it's complicated and it's hard. As you know, and a lot of what's going on is is very complex. But at the end of the day, it's really about you know how can I justify charging more than someone you know probably if they want to cook at home by themselves. So you have to give them something, experience or person, hospitality wise, that makes that make sense. And everything flows from there outward into a million directions. But yeah. at its core, to your point. It's about the people part, you know, more than it ever is about the food part. Look, people love, love these brands. They
1: love them because the food is great and it's something that they can't make themselves at home and it's convenient and they have a great experience. So I agree with you, like it's not rocket science about what makes people love brands executing it's not always the easiest right and so that's we have to be really great at creating uh, winning experiences for our customers but the things that really matter are obvious we're in the restaurant industry it's about great food great experience doing it consistently every time
0: yeah i mean i think i read something about pizza becoming the unofficial pizza of pop culture (laughs) (laughs) you know and i and i think um you know that Obviously when you when you first got in, you know, some of the marketing early on with the uh with Daryl from the office as I'll call him. <laughs> but but you know, I, I think a lot of that is um it's pretty fun. You know, the red cups, the chandeliers and and all that kind of stuff, you know, keeps the marketing team busy. But yeah, you know, how yeah. has that evolved?
1: Well, look, we have a wonderful marketing team and they work with a brand that has a lot of iconic assets that people love to talk about on social media so there's always a lot of discussion around pizza hut um the the whole idea was we talked about this in the beginning when we were talking about red roof the whole idea behind the marketing campaign was how do we take all these iconic assets that people know about our brand and they love about our brand let's put them on the screen um, and and do something uh, that's really distinctive in the category um because we have distinctive products and we have a distinctive brand. So we want to represent that and, and talk to customers about that. And that, that's done really well. Right. So we see um, the responsiveness of our advertising do really well in the marketplace. And but what I love about what that team has done is they're continuing to innovate and, and change. And so that, you know, if, if you look at just the way that marketing that I think the the dare, the um, what we call Spirit of the hut campaign uh, that launched was you know early in 2021, and the thing that I've seen with any great marketing campaign that I've been a part of, it starts with kind of one great ad, but it's not just the same thing over and over again. It stays fresh, right? And I think the team has done a great job of continuing to innovate and push that came, campaign to a really unique place. And so you see now um, that we launched Melts in Q4 of 20. Uh, I lose track of years. 2022. And um, so, not that long ago, about six months ago, and it's really an evolution of that campaign, right? It still has great music. It's part of, of Potter Pulp culture. You hear the voice. Um, Craig, Craig is in it in a unique way, um, but it really feels modern and fresh. And I think that advertising was a big part of the success of that launch. And so, the marketing is a big part of modernizing and transforming the brand.
0: Yeah, let I me mean, talk a little bit more about the uh, melts cheesesteak, Of you know, of course, as a line is pretty craveable, and just where the value part of this is coming into in the pipeline here too. I, I think that's a conversation everyone in QSR is having right now. Um, yeah, I mean, who well, knows what's going on, but value let, will always be a thing.
1: Look, va- value's important, and um, it'll always be a thing. Let's take them. Um, let's take them one at a time because they're probably a little. A little bit related, but a little bit different. Um, innovation is critical to drive our business, right? And, and you would have seen, we've built a lot of momentum over the last year, um, and that's been built on innovation, right? So we're going to always be innovating. That's a big part of what we need to do. Melts uh, has been a huge success for us. We launched that in Q4, and, and I always tell folks, an innovation will be really successful uh, for if we get a few things right. Like, one is, is the product really craveable? And I think that product is really craveable. It was built on the Pazone that we had had historically. We took that out of the restaurants um, in 2021. And we really went back to the customer and said, why... What, what, what would make a better handheld? And they said, hey, I want less bread, more top. So we talked about with them and built melts based on the customer's feedback. And we've seen customers really respond to that. It's a craveable product. It's, af- it's targeting an incremental part of the market, which is the individual occasion, right? So if you think about pizza traditionally kind of a home meal replacement, group occasion, this is now going after a market which is multiples larger than the pizza market, which is an individual occasion. It gives us a chance to compete in that space and drive an incremental customer, incremental occasion. Um, it's also at a great value. So you mentioned that, right? So it's at, uh, we launched at 699 and we see customers come back at a high rate because of that. And then I mentioned the marketing, it comes to life in a really distinct way. So I think value is a big part of everything that we do. But it has to be paired with really craveable food and a strategy about where you're going to drive incrementality from. And so big New Yorker is a good example of like, if I were to run through those same things, it's a great value. It's really craveable. Um, It's targeting an extra large pizza segment that we haven't traditionally played in. It drove a lot of growth for us as well. We're seeing, you know, positive results in our Q1 based on that as well. So, so that's critical innovation has to play in that space. Value, I think, is always going to be important. And, you know, at times it'll be more important than others, but you've got to always have a great always-on-value strategy. And and value means different things to different people. So, like, Pizza Hut's never going to be the cheapest pizza in the marketplace. We don't aspire to be that. We aspire to have the best-tasting pizza, and our research says that our product is really good and that we do. Um, But we do need to acknowledge that For some folks, innovation, and and they can lean in and get a value like Big New Yorker for $13.99. They're willing to pay a dollar or two more. That's still a great value. For other folks, it's really all about cash outlay and reducing the amount that they spend. And so we have to have a value strategy that kind of operates on both ends um, and allows us to meet all of those customers. And so that's absolutely our intent and, and what we try and do. And we work with our franchisees to do that in a way um, which is profitable for them, but provides value for people who are trying to manage their absolute cash outlay, but also creates new, exciting, interesting products that allow people um, to pay a little more, but get a great value because they're getting a really craveable product. It's got to be both of those things and you got to be on it all the time.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the old barbell strategy. I mentioned that to my wife one day when we were eating and it did nothing to interest her at all. <laughs> 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 but... But, you know, um, just I, I think it's it can't be ever overstated in in this segment. You know, you got to have something for the people who seek it, you know, and then also just something for people who want an entry point into something bigger to ladder up to. Yeah, uh, that's, ab- that's absolutely right. And you've got to do it through a lens
1: of um, store-level profitability for franchisees. So if you move all of your sales into – kind of one end of that barbell, which is the low, that, that won't be good for profitability. And and ultimately we need strong profitability at the restaurant level to do all the things that we want to do, which we talked about on technology and drive more innovation and upgrade the restaurants. And so it's all about how do you um, give different things that cater to different folks and do that in a way that enables profitability at the restaurant. level.
0: Right. So before I let you go, David, I'll talk really quickly about the future. Um, Brands off to a really good start this year. But Of course, there's always work to do here. <laughs> it's how this industry works. Um, it's how you go from mentioning Dragon Tail, you know, years after being in CPG, right? So, <laughs> so okay. yeah, what is yeah? So what's on deck? You know, um, yeah, I know there are brands, you know, excited to be back in places like Manhattan and Philadelphia. You know, of course, a lot of things we've been talking about between the craveable food and the value and partnerships and marketing, but. Yeah, what's sort of just on kind of the horizon, you know, for Pizza Hut here?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to continue. We have a strategy that's working, so we're going to continue to stay after that strategy. I'm really optimistic um, about uh, the future for Pizza Hut, and and, and we've built a lot of momentum, and we see a lot of opportunity out there on the horizon. So, you know, that's what we've been talking about. You're going to continue to see us innovate. That's what our brand is built on. That's not going to change. You're going to see more of that. And we're going to do it in a way that allows us to go, um, win, uh, modern younger customers, because they're going to be the future generation that loves pizza hut and holds this brand, um, in a, a leading position for the next 60 years. So we have to do that. And we'll do that by creating more pizzas. You can only get at pizza hut, but then we also have to become a digital first operator, right? And we have to build technology. So you I, we talked earlier about you're going to see, um, Improvements in the app, improvements in the web, more restaurant technology going into the back of the house that drive a better guest experience um, and then also drive a better team member experience. That's going to be really critical. And I think you're going to see a lot of testing, right, and trying a lot of different things so that we can really figure that out. Um, And so, you know, I'm excited about where we head in that direction. You mentioned Philadelphia and Manhattan. I mean, those are incredible success stories where what we're, we're seeing is like when we build Pizza Hut's, Um, in the right location, we operate them the right way, they do really successful. We're having a lot of success um, in some of those markets and urban markets in the Northeast. And so America and uh, American customers are telling us they want Pizza Hut. And so we want to make sure that we're as easy to access as ever before. And so, you know, we just finished our, uh, we had a positive year of development last year. We're excited to continue to maintain that momentum. And so expanding Pizza Hut, making it available to everyone and letting them get our great craveable products.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, I know we can, we talked about the Hut Lane, but just for anybody out there who's listening or who maybe doesn't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, basically, this is a pickup window, you know, that, that Pizza was able to turn on really quickly you know essentially they were kind of there in a lot of locations but now you carry out you just roll up and you grab it out the window i mean it's it's hard to be more convenient than that so yeah yeah and it's like look anywhere that we're building an inline in
1: cap freestanding we're we're putting in hut lanes and, and it, it just comes back to like it's easier for the customer it's actually easier for the team member too right and so that's a win-win And it makes it easier for our franchisees, so we're we're putting those in. And then we can make them really easy through digital technology, right? So you can actually now, as you start to order ahead and you plan your visit, which is what we see a lot of customers doing, they can say, this is how I want to pick up. And so everyone can kind of orchestrate and choreograph how that will work. And so it becomes a really simple, seamless experience for the customer.
0: Yeah, and a a, a more affordable one in a lot of cases. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm still one of those old people who picks up all my food because I don't like paying third party delivery fees. But I know, I think I'm aging out though. I don't think there's a lot of me left. And,
1: uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, we, we talk about, we have four different channels that we manage a carry-out channel, a delivery channel, dine in channel. And now we talk about actually a third party aggregator channel. All those are really important. And what we see is those customers are uh, different customers. They move a little bit between them, but not a lot. And and they're different customers. They cater different occasions. They have different drivers. Um, and what, what you see is uh, the customer need in each of those is a little bit different. And so you, you just talked about price. Some people will talk about, hey, carry out, because I really just value the control of being able to get it exactly when I want. So there's different reasons people sure, yeah. different channels. And I don't think that will... There the the mix will move between those over time, but they're they're gonna all exist because there's different customer needs that drive them.
0: Yeah, it makes your job more uh, complicated. But uh I'd I like to say it keeps it it keeps it fun, <laughs> keeps it interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just there's just so there's so many avenues of trade now, you know, and the way that people wanna access it. But but you know, like with anything that's an opportunity, you know, because you're driving people to so many different places you know, you could go to these markets like Manhattan and there's a lot of different types of buckets of consumers who can get pizza hut now. Yeah. You know, and on their own terms,
1: those are fun markets to visit. I mean, just the foot traffic going into those restaurants is incredible. and People are excited about, about pizza, but they buy different things because the occasions are different as well. So, um, it's, it's been a fun time to really see the momentum on the brand and see the expansion. And, um, I'm pretty optimistic about where, where we'll head.
0: All right, All right, David. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure catching up. You know, we appreciate your time. Honestly, look forward to these menu innovations that you hinted at and see what comes down the uh, the pipe here.
1: All right. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate the time and yeah. uh, look forward to until we talk next
0: time. Yeah, well, we'll find a way to get dogs in that conversation too. <laughs> but, uh... All, always, always. All right, well, and for everyone who's out there listening, as always, we appreciate it.